In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Cole, your host, gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way from across the pond, the ghost finder general himself, the most taunted Richard Felix. How you doing? You are there, huh? I only just made it, my friend. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, uh, four minutes ago, I was, I was a third of a mile up my track, um, trying to, trying to fix the cattle grid with, and I am covered in cement, absolutely covered in cement. Oh, it's better uh, than hostu Better than what? It's better than hostu do. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there's none of that around. Don't worry. Plenty of cow and sheep, but absolutely none. But uh, yeah, so uh, I uh, I panicked and I lost track of time and I ran all the way back. And uh, I'm here. I'm very pleased. How are you? Outstanding. So uh, how's uh, psychic and science going? Woo! Is that awesome? <laughs> it's awesome. It's going ever so well. Uh, I have thrilled a bit. So I'm in um, a place called Aldershot tomorrow night. Uh, I've done Aldershot, done Lancaster, Skegness, ooh, I don't know, Chesterfield, and Darlington, and had a fantastic time. Um, people seem to be enjoying it, which is which is half three quarters of the battle, surely. But Ron, the fabulous thing is that I think did I mention to you last week that we actually had some Christians outside the, the theatre. Oh yes, yes, Exer- yes exercising that. exercising the building, sprinkling holy water on the building, and um, trying <laughs> trying to save our souls. Well, uh, last week we had a I don't know what he was a preacher a vicar um, actually in the audience, uh, and every time we did anything to do with any table tilting or glass or or he got in the middle of the aisle, and knelt down, and started to pray for us. That was nice of him, you know that? I think it was lovely of him. I think it was really <laughs> nice of him. And then when I did my bit, and you you know me and my bit about the ghosts mm-hmm. and the church, oh, I had yeah. three ladies walk out. Oh, Richard. And, Richard, Richard. Oh, but Ron, I mean, listen, you, you guys are far more um, religious than we are over here now, but I didn't have anybody walk out in my three weeks with you, did I? No, no, no. They were quite... They were, they were quite... So, yeah, so there you go. So what am I doing? I'm... I'm I, I'm going to burn in hell, Rob. Well, you know what, Richard? I mean, as bad as that is, I mean, you're you're talking about uh, the paranormal. We have a group down here called the West uh, something or other Baptists, and what they do mm-hmm. is 
when our boys come back, uh, when they don't make it from uh, the war, and they have yeah, funerals, yeah. they they pick at the funerals for them and, and tell them that God hates our, our soldiers and they're all going to hell and all this. Oh, you're joking. No. no. Oh, do you so know, as bad, I, as, I don't. as bad as that is, I mean, I think that's a little bit worse. That's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible for the lads, but it's terrible for the families. Oh, it's hard for the, the families, you know. It's, Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's um, kind of cool though because it, there's a there's a veterans organization uh, that uh, they're all bikers and they go to yeah. as many funerals as they can. And so if they are there at the same time, they'll go up there and they'll start revving their engines so they drown them out. <laughs> That's what we needed. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know what's going to happen to us now because uh, you know people. Oh, oh, I told you, didn't I? Chris had had a, a death threat. Death threat. Um, which again is, I think, rather unchristian, don't you? Uh-huh. So, anyways, we actually have a guest on the line. I want to bring. I know we do. Richard Chatton here, and he is uh, another compadre of yours uh, from just a, just a lot, uh, Mr. Steve Parsons. How, How are you doing? Hi, Ron. How are you doing, mate? I will ring you honestly sooner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. I will. I want to see this yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. I've learnt with Richard never to hold one's breath. <laughs> no. Oh, mate. I, I tell you, I'm not. I've got. That much going on, I don't know. Well, how long does it take to make a phone call? Hey, well, for, in your Not case, long. Uh, twelve months so far. <laughs> it's longer. Yeah. How are you doing, Richard, anyway? Richard Felix, the world's slowest dialer. <laughs> I am. I'm terrible. I'm the same on mind Facebook. You, I'm the same you, with the internet. In fairness to Richard, you're not the world's most technically minded, are you? I remember. The I'm the world's most un untechnically minded person. I can't even work an EMF meter, mate. Do you remember the night at Derby Jail when uh, Antic sent us the script over, these uh, location details uh, for the show? Go on, no, no, you, co you couldn't access your computer because nobody knew the oh. password. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, honestly, I'm absolutely, uh, I'm impossible. I'm, I really, I'm, I don't know what it is because I, I, I blow things up, computers go on me, my sat-nav goes on me, uh, my phones never work properly. I don't know. I just don't know what it is. I mean, it's just me, I think. Yeah, but, uh, blaming God for everything. You know what I'm saying, Richard? <laughs> well, I've got to blame somebody. <laughs> well, I? So why not? Hey, you, Richard, isn't that what it's supposed to do? But aren't you supposed to follow it? Something like that. <laughs> Come on, what you got to tell us, mate? What's, what's, what's new? Because um, well, I've, I mean, I've heard, heard lots about you with your... Um, so you want to be a ghost hunter, you and Kieran, and, and things like that. Have you been uh, teaching well, the world? Well, likewise, uh, we keep hearing a, a lot of uh, good tales about uh, your uh, stage show. So it looks like we're both it, a bit busy at the moment. It's all right. It's all right. But go on. You're, you're the guest. You tell us about you. Well, I want to hear about, actually, the stage show, because oh. people are saying that you're conjuring up apparitions live on stage. And that's got me really <laughs> intrigued. <laughs> we're not conjuring them up. We're trying to conjure them up. Ah, We've so no got this machine. Then. We've got this machine. All we're trying to conjure up is is, is recordings. Oh, obviously. Not, there was me hoping not, for a, a real paranormal well, breakthrough, Richard. Well, well, let, let, let's let's put it this way, shall we? Um, we it's pretty obvious that, that the whole idea. What, what we're trying to do is to uh, zap either the wall or a piece of stone that might have something recorded into it. You know what, me and me, me, me stone and me silica and all that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, we've got the Borley the brick, 
um, just in case that happens to me. I don't, but, you know, the problem I've got with all of that is I don't, I don't think one piece of stone or one brick uh, holds enough to be able to, you know, I think it's got to be a, a, a wall. But um, So we've got all these silly bits of gubbins. Um, there's two guys that... Um, Tim and Tim and um, Simon, who have created this this machine, that um, it's got all sorts of stuff inside, bits of TV, bits from a radio, crystals, all sorts of stuff. That sort of, but it doesn't get radio frequencies. The whole idea is to zap the wall with with a bit of electricity, and see if we can actually do the same thing as I think someone does when they see a recording in the fabric of the building. We then have, um, oh God, what's what's the name? Uh, plasma lights shining up into the into the into the theatre, and then we we have the smoke machine, which of course has got you know silica um, in it, uh, dry ice or whatever it is. See if anybody does actually see anything in the in the atmosphere in the smoke or whatever. And everyone, we do a Robbie Williams then because we get everybody to get the cameras, <laughs> the phones, and everybody takes photographs, and we say right, you know. If, you, if you've got something, let us have a look. Email us back. And we're getting stuff. But I think the biggest problem we've got, Steve, is that, you know, how much electricity do you put in a wall to get a recording out of it? One and, and a half volts? Three, uh, five, twelve, six, two million? Well, we don't know. Will it we, ever happen? We, just, we don't know, do we? No. So uh, what we're doing is we're trying. You know, you see, which is what you've been doing for... You know, all, all, all of your years. You know, at least we're trying to sort of give a, a, a realistic approach to, to the thing, uh, rather than there's demons going to come out the wall at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that Kieran and I are doing pretty much the same thing. We're, uh, sure what we're can. trying to do is redress the balance um, of the internet. Um, right. Pe- people know that you can use gadgets and technology, but but realistically, not many of them ever RTFM. And mm-hmm. um, I better explain that. And I read the mm-hmm. flipping manual. Um, and and even those that do, I mean, well, would you have your your house rewired by somebody who learned to be an electrician? using Google or the internet? Or would you want somebody who had qualifications and understood the technology they were using? Yeah, exactly. So we're just trying to redress the balance by giving... I mean, every group has got uh, people in it who want more. Um, Mm. Going to Mm. your show, they want more and they want to learn. They're hungry to know more, and we're just we're just an information channel, um, giving them an option, giving them a route to information. Um, You know, you can't be an expert in ghosts. But you've hit hit the nail on the head when you said option. Yeah, I'm not stopping you because it's only an option. As you've just said, you're not an expert. None of us are experts, but we're just giving them something to talk about, debate, and think and go away and talk about, which is what you're doing by the sounds of things. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You can't be an expert in ghosts and the paranormal, but there are, I mean, you know my qualifications, Richard, and you can have expertise in areas that are related. I mean, I have qualifications and expertise in measuring the environment and in medicine. Absolutely right. Um, But that's as far as my expertise goes. But I can apply that expertise to measuring the environment and looking for uh, anomalies, looking for things that are are unexpected, that shouldn't be there, Mm -hmm. that might give us a clue, an indication, a hint 
that something uh, anomalous is taking place. But yeah. uh, that's as far as we go, isn't we've it? Got on our side, uh, Ron and I were talking about age before you came on, uh, before the show oh, started, dear. and with age, <laughs> we said it comes wisdom, but also we've made all we've made far many mistakes than the than you know for our years. So but, learn from our mistakes. That's right. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. Because we have been there quite a long time. We've been doing it for quite a while. Um, all three of us. Um, and, uh, you know, we've made the mistakes. We've seen, we've, well, you know, and, and people, of course people make mistakes. You know, they, things happen and they think they've seen a ghost. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes they might have them. But, well, um, say so. we're, yeah. we're, you know, the longer you get in the tooth, but hopefully the more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Realistic you can become. With the whole thing, it, it, it is a strange thing, isn't it? When you start off um, hunting for ghosts, you, you tend to have a lot of experiences, and mm-hmm. as the years progress, you tend to have fewer and fewer and fewer. Um, <laughs> and it's because, as you say, you, you become more rational, you become more critical in your thinking, and you just start to realise how frail the human imagination, how, how vulnerable are, we are to our own senses. Um, we, are, we are indeed the victims of our own brains. Of course, yeah, we are. Yeah. But yeah. It's coming and we know so little about them. But I do have a question for you, Richard. Because on, I've, been, I've, been, I've been following your tour around Britain as it, as it sets off. Are you coming? Uh, you must come to one. Well, this is the We're question. not doing Wales, mate. We're not doing Wales. This is that this was year. the question. You've just preempted the question. Uh, why haven't you done Wales? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, Wales, I am so sorry. Um, <laughs> we're I mean, also not we doing have, Northern Ireland. No, I'm going to interrupt you now, because we have one of the most paranormally historically active, active countries in the world. I agree with um, you, yes, and you must talk to us some more about that in a minute. You know, the, the, the folklore, the mythology, the ghost mm. stories attached to this small country is, mm-hmm. is way, way above and beyond. Um, and yet, nothing. No visitors from psychic and science. It's not this my is, fault, honestly. You're this is have to, Doubt uh, Mongolia. I'll, You'll go swanning off to New England, but you won't come to, to little old I'm Wales. I'm sorry. Well, no, that was, I, I was invited. I was invited to New England by Ron. Are you still there, Ron? Oh, yeah. I'm just listening to you guys chat. You're doing such a great well, job. You know, this is... I'd like to now publicly okay. invite you to Wales. Yes. Thank you very much. I'm coming to I, Denby you uh, in November. You're coming to Tenby in November? Denby, Denby. Oh, Denby, the other end of the country. Now, I know you've been to Tenby, which it's is way 10 old, miles from where I am. Um, yeah. I've got the video to prove it. There you are. You <laughs> yeah, um, I'm coming to Denby to do an event uh, and then starting a, a Denby ghost walk up, would you believe? I know you're doing um, Chester in, the, one in my own whole in my own home. Uh, I am home, doing Chester home. one and Leicester. Oh dear! But the reason the the there isn't a reason, as far as I know, why we've not come to Wales, other than the fact that um, the whole what what's, what started off with, was going to be um, the whole sort of like so many theatres up and down the country, and I think I think it was those that took up the tour, and I think twenty three different theatres said yes, please. And another, God only knows how many theatres said, sounds good, like the idea, can we see how it goes this year first? Um, and I think that's the situation as far as I know it. 
that things are already starting to happen, I believe, I hope, or please God, yes, for next year. Um, we, I think we're talking bigger theatres and we're talking of, of all over the country. Um, so, you know, who knows? I, we I may want be to see you out well. here in Pembrokeshire. We've got plenty of theatres out here, big enough and uh, nice enough for you. And even haunted. And enough. haunted. Yes. So, uh, haunted. 2012, Richard. Yeah, well, that's what's planning, but they're also talking... I, mean, I don't know whether it's all going to happen. They're also talking about America, Ron. Mm. That would be interesting. So we're living at... Well, I'd love to. We'd love it. But uh, it's... Anyway, I mean, no, no, let's not blow any old trumpets. But old Chris, you know, he's, he's grand lad. Chris is... Um, uh, of course, he's one of the, like, you and me escapees from Most yeah. Haunted. Survivors. You see that? Survivors, escapees, yes. Um, good lad, really is. Doesn't do demons. Um, says says he says it is, which I think is great. Uh, doesn't profess to be any anything special. Uh, we're getting on like a house on fire, and re- really, you know, I'm having a ball. I tell you, I really am having a ball. So it's it, it's it's great, mate. Really is, and uh, you must come and see us. I will now. come a bit nearer. There's the invitation. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, Richard, I have been working on my own little device as well for. Uh, Ooh. Finding ghosts, Ooh. actually, for creating ghosts. So that's called have, a gun. We have R and D, the Dead Chamber, which stands for Digital Entity Activity Detector Chamber. Mm-hmm. And basically, we took all the things that people experience and combine them together, uh, so that you're almost guaranteed a paranormal experience. Tell us more. So we're actually going to unveil on Spectral Evidence in Salem on the 21st. But, yeah, when you think about it, think about, uh, you know, all the things that when you do your ghost walks or your ghost tours or ghost hunts, whatever you call them, yeah. uh, that people have experiences with. What, what type of things do they do that, you know, like scrying, but- like dowsing like that these we've combined them yeah. emf meetings we combine these all into one complete unit uh we have with talking evps everything and people can go in and there you go you're going to have your paranormal experience Ooh, i mean I'm sounds is it a machine, or or, or are you are the, are, the, are you sort of, do you have like um, a, de- a table or a desk with with different things that people go up and have a go at? No, no, this all occurs at once, Richard. It's not pick, do dowsing, you not do scrying, you not do this. This is EMF readings, K two. It's all combined in one instantaneous uh, reaction. Oh. I'm, so, I'm, yeah, I'm speechless, and and I think Steve's the same, aren't you? Uh, I think well, we lost Steve. <laughs> no, 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 I'm speechless. speechless. Be- bewildered might be a better word. Bewildered is a good word. <laughs> if, if you are, I mean, l- let's face it. I mean, people go for an experience, and so what we yeah. decided, okay, what is paranormal activity? So if people believe that it's uh, EMF uh, readings, if they believe that they see something in a mirror, if they believe yeah. they see uh, particular orbs, they douse, they uh, get EVPs, 
all these things. They have feelings. They have experiences of being touched or think this is all one. I mean, you go and it all comes out at you. I I think no, actually, I think that's quite clever. Although it's been done in various <laughs> forms in the past, but I don't think anybody's ever put it all together. Um, I think what Ron, correct me if I'm wrong, Ron, but what you're talking about is using um, equipment to create paranormal-like experiences. Well, am I creating them or am I just capturing them? Well put. But certainly so, the, there have been experiments done. Um, exactly. Where so we, we have just refined it a little bit more so that uh, it's just any Joe Blow can go and uh, have this experience. That sounds intriguing. Um, I, yeah, I still Rich, need to and, know how they have it. And, and you don't have to go to a particular location. It can come to you. It's an iPhone app. <laughs> What's one of those? <laughs> this is the total package, the total experience of the paranormal. And we'll be unveiling this in uh, Spectral Evidence, and I'll do a follow-up after the show. And I should think so. We're going to do it there as well, so. Uh, well, sounds like, Ron, you're doing the exact opposite of what I tend to spend my days doing the, um, of late, which is taking a piece of equipment, discovering how it works, and discovering, uh, looking at the marketing hype behind it. Um, one of the more recent ones I'm sure you've encountered is full-spectrum video and photography. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it. Yeah, we've been we've been studying it and looking at how it works and what it claims and um, the claims being made for it, and so we're um, finalising our results with full spectrum video. Um, as an early hint, I wouldn't advise anybody to buy one. So you, see, <laughs> so you can see which way that review is going to go, can't you? Yeah, it sounds like it. I don't know. Tell us what it is, Steve, because I'm sorry, I'm, you, you know me. What it is really started off with, uh, I think it was Ghost Hunters International and Barry Fitzgerald and a camera oh. uh, that he was using that he was claiming could photograph uh, the okay. entire light spectrum from the ultraviolet beyond the visual uh, spectra through the visible spectrum and into the infrared spectrum all at the same right. time. Um, yeah. And immediately that, that set off alarm bells for me because uh, I understood the technical side of, of digital photography and realised that unless he was dealing with something very special and very new, um, we were dealing with something else. And as it turned out, we weren't dealing with anything very special or very new. Mm-hmm. There's something else. Oh, same old stuff in other words. Well, do you want to see things... With a different title. Do you honestly think you could buy a camera for fifty nine dollars that would do no. all of that? No, no, <laughs> but you fifteen hundred and ninety dollars, perhaps, or NASA have got one that can look at that sort of free, uh, frequency. Oh, say no more, uh, yeah, say no more, yeah, exactly, same old and, stuff, isn't it? But, yeah, uh, and it, they don't retail uh, those for fifty nine ninety five. No, I bet they do. <laughs> bet they don't retail them at all. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! So, so Never mind. Steve, let, me, let me ask you this: you, you, you take a piece of equipment like the Spectrum camera. How do you research? I mean, yeah, you, you look how it operates. I understand that. That's cool. But then, do you do field work with it, or I mean, how do how do you 
no, it doesn't really work. Well, we, we can't obviously prove that it doesn't photograph ghosts, but what we can do is we can look at the results of the camera that are being offered as evidence, and okay. we can compare them to the known, the known photographic anomalies that do exist. That's one step. The other step is we, we look at the technology that's been employed to turn these cheap $30 cameras into expensive $60 cameras, uh, and we, we, we basically copy the engineering. We use the same technology, the same filters, the same electronic fixes uh, on, on unmodified cameras, identical cameras, uh, and look at the results, replicate the results, understand the results. Um, it's the only way that we can operate um, because, I mean, at the moment, it was, it was rather like with orbs. Uh, for years and years and years, we could show how you could make orbs, but you couldn't actually prove that they weren't paranormal um, until the advent of the new 3D cameras. So what we're doing at the moment is looking at full-spectrum video and full-spectrum photography. And we've, we've I mean, you can actually um, simply modify a digital video camera uh, or a digital stills camera and increase its its um, ability. You can, in fact, make it photograph into the infrared with relative ease and a, and a you know, very small dollar outlay. Um, the problem really lies in looking at the entire light spectrum or looking into the ultraviolet. Um, and the problem there technically is one that the, the electronic sensor chip might actually be sensitive to ultraviolet light, and and indeed they are. The problem is is the optical system, the lens, the lens coatings, and all of the other components actually won't let ultraviolet light through. But then you've got a much more uh, there's a much simpler problem to overcome. Um, and I have a thermal imaging camera, and every object uh, that's above, pretty well above, absolute zero, gives off infrared, because infrared energy is, is, is heat energy. Um, mm. But nothing emits ultraviolet energy, except, obviously, uh, lights, direct light sources. So you don't get any reflected ultraviolet light. So for, in order f- to make an ultraviolet camera work at all, you have to pump the, the location, the room, uh, with a huge amount of ultraviolet light. And so, the, so you need ultraviolet emitters? You need very powerful ultraviolet emitters, and therein lies a huge problem. In order to make effective ultraviolet photography, you can't have anybody near the uh, camera without them wearing eye goggles, eye protection, because you know what ultraviolet does to, to humans. Mm. Um, what about ghosts? <laughs> well, we don't know. But if you're running around with an ultraviolet light source, um, shining it at people, ultimately, uh, do it for too long, and you're going to damage somebody's eyes mm. permanently. And somebody's eyes out with that. So well, you might be doing the same to ghosties. So, but, I mean, why are, are ghosts, have, have they, do they have something to do with ultraviolet? I don't know. I've never asked one. But you, you know, the, the, the funny thing about it is that it seems like we adapt our I, – I can't tell if we're changing our views or we're just uh, adapting our views to fit what we're doing. Because when originally when I first started uh, paranormal investigating years and years ago, it was believed that uh, the spirits dwelled in the IR range, and that's where they were. And now 
uh, we're looking at the ultraviolet range is, is that's where they are, which is totally off. Just moving the goalposts, so, don't we? It's the same. It's the same with uh, you know thermal imaging. It was originally believed that uh, spirits would uh, were cold uh, only because of all the reports before we even had cameras and equipment and anything else that uh, the feeling of coldness. And now, to if we see a hot signature, to well, Tokyo. that's also radio true. with a cutting so, edge. I, I'm not sure. What we're doing, either we're discovering everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier and Christian Day, and hosted by the forted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests who step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> And I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, I'll have to get a new (laughs) co-host. I am brave beyond belief. Yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you've got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anne and Ron. See you then. Okay, I hear that. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kohler. And our very special guest, the most haunted, Steve Parsons. Stephen, we've got a theory, haven't we, about uh, thermal images and cold ghosts and hot ghosts? Uh, You have. Well, I have. But you liked it, didn't you, at the time? uh, Well, I was going to say, you have. I'm not going to pinch your idea. um, Oh, all right. Well, it's still there. It it actually struck me as being uh, rather well put together. 
Oh, thank you very much. Perfect. Very nice of you. <laughs> so Shall we tell ahead. them? I, I knew ahead. you were going to say it as soon as Ron said about cold ghosts. Yes, I was there. Well, I... <laughs> I have to be easy. Yeah, basically, the situation is, Ron, that uh, uh, obviously we always thought, you know, cold ghosts, which is absolutely true. But if you're, you're out there, you're a spirit, and you've got, uh, you, you need an energy source to, to do something. So you draw the heat from a room to you. Don't ask me how, because I can't tell you that yet. But you draw the heat, a little bit like plugging yourself into a, 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 you know, a, an electric socket, and you use that energy to do something. And that's either make a noise or, or appear in front of someone or uh, move something. Uh, and, of course, that means that uh, heat is energy. You draw the heat from the room, so the room goes cold, of course, and that means the ghost goes hot. And that's why there is a possibility that you might just be able to catch a ghost with a thermal imaging camera. And you're assuming that that heat passes through the spirit. Yeah. Well, actually, what I, well, it must do, because it... Go, on. Go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, as I said, Richard's theory is very well put together, but it. Um, I've heard that one before. I, th I think the ghost hunters use that as well. But the, really? Are they going to take it from me? But, but, you draw the energy and it goes through the person for some particular reason, or. I mean, well, no, it has to be in... in yeah, I don't, I don't think it goes through the, the, the human being. I think it goes well, through or into the spirit in, in, in however, what, whatever way. I don't. And then, of course, the person in the room or the people in the room, usually purse on, um, senses a dramatic drop in temperature because, obviously, the room and the temperature's dropped because the, the ghost, for want of a better word, uh, has drawn the energy. Now, that's why they then start to vaporize because once they've used the energy up, um, they evaporate. <laughs> they evaporate, yeah, absolutely. They it's a bit like your vacuum yeah, stopping when you pull the plug out. <laughs> no, the problem, yeah, the problem with which is very... Well, the problem yes. with that very well put together theory um, that Richard's just gone through kind. is the second law of thermodynamics. Right. Because heat, heat will um, always pass from warmer to colder, so Richard's actually right. Uh, but in order for the ghost to be able to absorb heat from the room, it must be colder than the room around it. Otherwise, the well, heat the ghost would migrate be. towards the ghost. Once, once equilibrium, uh, once the ghost reached the same temperature as the room, there is no more energy flow, so it couldn't draw any more energy. Unless, of course, they're breaking but, the second law of thermodynamics. Oh, well, you never know. That's the trouble. We well, don't know, but I doubt it. Or, or ghosts start off extremely cold, i.e. minus a lot. Exactly, yeah. Fahrenheit. And stay minus a lot Fahrenheit. That wouldn't break the second law of thermodynamics. But would they need the end? Would they draw the heat and use they it? Would draw they would draw the heat. Can they? A very cold object would draw heat towards itself. Um, that's absolutely right. true. Um, would, it then, would it then feature on the thermal imaging camera? But, it, but interestingly, and what, what goes against the hot ghost theory, is yes. that the room will go cold and yet people still claim to have experienced a spirit interaction where they get even colder. So that would suggest, rather than being a hot ghost, the ghost must be at minus a lot Fahrenheit Celsius. Minus a lot. I like that one. That's a... Mm. Because we don't know. Uh, so no, of course not. That's the whole point. You can't have a, a hot ghost. Right. 
So you and wouldn't catch them with the a thermal ghost, imaging the camera? The ghost would get hotter, but it would have to stay a lot colder than the environment it Got was you. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't catch it on a thermal imaging camera, then? Oh, yeah. But that's you not would. what thermal imaging cameras Because it would be hotter than Well, no, because... Been. Well, the, problem, the <laughs> problem is you would have to use a very special type of thermal imaging camera that simply is not within the price range of uh, paranormal oh. groups. Uh, because right. all thermal imaging cameras are specifically designed with lens optical systems coated to prevent them seeing um, get the gas. That's why, for example, um, if you wave a candle uh, in front of a thermal imager, you won't see a long plume of hot gas vapor uh, trailing above the candle. You'll see a very short, sort of stubby area above the candle. Similarly, you won't see somebody exhaling, even though the exhale breath is several degrees warmer than the air surrounding it. And they're designed not to do that because they're designed to look for emitted, given off infrared energy. Yes. Because really, they're, yes. they're designed for building inspection and yeah. uh, you know mundane tasks like that. But there is a type of infra, um, thermal imaging camera called a gas find, which has a specific uh, ability to detect t- changes within within sort of ambient gases air within a room uh, but they are horrendously specialized and horrendously expensive so your standard ghost uh, thermal imager is one of the most useful tools a ghost investigator can have but not for the detection of ghosts purely for the detection of fraud yes we know as we said you know when someone goes yeah um no, no. I, we've caught many, many people out with the thermal imager because, uh, A, unlike a night vision camera, it doesn't use infrared lights all over the front of it, point, uh, telling people where it's pointed. And, B, uh, used correctly, you can see for several minutes afterwards what people have been touching, sitting on, right. leaning against. Um, and we've caught many, many uh, human mm-hmm. interactions we've caught mediums tapping people we've caught investigators moving objects uh we've caught people throwing things with the thermal imaging camera uh we've never caught a ghost or anything paranormal i agree it's it's used more to rule out yeah Uh, yeah right yeah yeah it's a it's a wonderful tool wonderful tool yeah and it's ever so good on an investigation isn't it steve because people just love it when you start showing them that, you know, as you said, the stone, the hot stones and things like that. Well, the hot stones usually, yeah, yeah because somebody's been holding it. But no, one of the, yeah, best, exactly. the best bits of fun you can have with the thermal imager on a public investigation is there is, a, there is um, I don't know who started it, but we don't do anything to stop it, um, is the, the terrible, terrible rumour that the thermal imaging camera can see through clothing. And um, we, we, always, uh, we always play that one to great effect. Well, we always know yeah. I, I can, so, I mean, that's... that's the, TIs, the TIs can't, but we've had some fun pretending that they can. Yeah, but the yeah. I, I, I can. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it, it can't really, but it can simulate seeing through clothes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had one of the most Animal. interesting... Uh, my photographer, we, did, we, we, we took... Uh, he was taking pictures up at this... Uh, conference we were running up the Hoot Mansion in North Adams, and it was just daylight, and he took a picture with a digital camera, and what's really interesting is that you could see this woman had uh, colored pants on. You could see her 
underwear through it, which was a a patent underwear white with uh, like little flowers on it, which I always thought found interesting because <laughs> I couldn't really explain how it did it. Uh, well, essentially, how it does it is that the um, it usually works best actually with with uh, dark fabrics because dark fabrics uh, are relatively uh, poor uh, absorb. Uh, hang on, they're absorbing a lot of IR from the surrounding uh, mm-hmm. from you know from heat, heat energy from the sun or from other sources. Right. And what you've got is underneath, you've got an object that's actually reflective. A light, the light underwear is actually reflecting IR back. Um, and a different. Uh, oh yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah, so you've got the reflected. Yeah, yeah. You've, so you've got an increased amount of infrared, effectively, mm-hmm. and so the camera just sees more infrared or less infrared. Uh, and it's perfectly true. Uh, with a well set up night vision camera or a thermal imaging camera, you can tell if somebody has got, you know, their their big winter underwear on, or whether the grannies, the grannies under. Yeah, or whether, like Richard, they wear a thong. <laughs> oh God! Please stop that image. <laughs> it was one of the outtakes that was never shown. Kieran with the thermal imager and Kieran and uh, Richard in his thong. Hey! Oh, was a... <laughs> I, I'm jesting. He's spreading rumours again. <laughs> you know, you, you, know, you would say to Steve, how 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 long were you on uh, Most Haunted? I was only f- uh, a, a brief flash, uh, blinking. You'll have missed it. Six, six episodes, and I was six programs. Six and alive. Um, oh, and I, was re- I was only really there as Kieran's stunt double. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Because he, he was he was bilocating to France at the time, so um, I got thrown. So yes, he was well bilocating, astrally projecting. Um, he was to, to, to and from France at the time, and um, I, I don't know whether I volunteered. I've, I've been working with Kieran and, and Yvette on a book project, um, the Ghost Hunters book project, and I think it just stemmed from there. Uh, I think they, they were just desperate. Yeah. Oh, I, I could see that. So, uh, well, they yeah, I was been very desperate. I was only ever Kieran's stunt double for a very brief um, flash. So, say you were on six episodes. I mean, in those six episodes, uh, was there ever a time when you really, you know, something happened that made you say, mm. "Yes, yes, it was." Yeah, wasn't uh, the Jared, or, or do we have to? Uh, uh, well, no, Both was, of us. It, Richard will actually be referring to a second one, um, but oh. the one I would refer to took place. Um, at Margam Castle in Wales, very oh, close yes. to where I now live. Um, and during, I, I can't go into too much detail because it would give away a secret of the show, but some of the crew were filming upstairs um, whilst I was setting up what, some of my equipment downstairs. I was doing some measurements downstairs. Um, and then they, they left, but I still had some more work to do before I went back to the crew room. And... I concentrated on doing what I was doing. I, I heard two of them leave. Um, it was Yvette and, and the sound man had left. Um, but there were still moving footsteps. There was, there was stuff being moved around above me, on the floor above me at Margam. And I just assumed, and I've always assumed, that um, some of the other crew had come back in to set up, you know, get things ready for the next sequence, the next shots. 
And so I just stayed where I was out of the way because I didn't want to go blundering through anybody's uh, set-up shot. Um, The noises continued for for five, six minutes. I even actually recorded the noises and then thought better of it because I thought that might be a bit sneaky of me. So I stopped recording the noises. Eventually it quietened down. I thought it was quiet enough to get to head off outside for a, for a break and go back to the career room, warm up a bit, only to discover that for the last 15 minutes I'd been alone in the building. Um, so that's always intrigued. That's <laughs> um, a good one, wasn't it? So a- was, after, after you, after, what, what was your ra- rationale? What was your thoughts at that time? We well, found f- out you were alone. Well, the first thought was, uh, why did I delete the recording? Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> because I, I only had a very small handheld recorder, and it was it was I'd only made the recording as a tongue in cheek thing to go back and say, "Hey, do you do you lot realise you sound like a herd of elephants up there?" Oh my god! Uh, and, then, and then thought, "No, I'm the new boy. I'm going to get shouted at if I do that. Best not do that." Um, but then it was I've I've been back to Margam's five or six times since, um, in the hope of trying to answer that question. The only thing that uh, I am aware of that on that particular night, as Richard will remember vividly, um, okay. was that it was it was gusting up to sixty miles an hour. It was windy, and, and Margam is a very exposed location. But it had been gusting, you know, all, all the whole time we were there, and I think we'd started to get used to the sounds of the wind. Um, Some of us had, <laughs> yeah. Richard, Pi- <laughs> Richard Piffle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that, was a, that was a joke for those that have seen the programme um, and certainly it didn't sound like the wind noise that I'd been hearing previously um, during the what about seven or eight hours we'd already been there mm, yeah. uh, I've never satisfactorily answered that question uh, I'd love to one day I keep going back there because it, as I say it's, it's quite close to where I live now but I think I'll leave it to Richard to tell you I th- I think he's going to tell you about some boats in Scotland. I am indeed, yeah. God almighty. And I can't remember the name of the ship, but it was in Dundee, wasn't it? We were, um, we were on the Unicorn at the time. You were asleep. The Unicorn, that was it. It was a, um, a sailing ship, but he's got no, no sailing ship. And there was, I th- I, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, there was only you and me on the boat, because they'd all gone well, down to the Discovery, hadn't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can tell the first bit, because you were asleep, and that was... Uh, that yeah, was go on, go on. We were actually working on two boats, weren't we? And uh, yeah. we'd had a break, and you'd nodded off in an armchair on the yeah. what on the, the sort of main deck. Sounds like um, yeah. Typically, it's, it's it's no, it's a very long time. Uh, Twenty-four hours straight filming, um, yeah. and unlike unlike the mediums, you know, we we were dragged in, you know, straight from breakfast um, and yeah. kept there till the bitter end. Um, so yeah. W- we were working two ships, the Unicorn that we were based on and the uh, Antarctic research vessel, the Discovery, which was about half a mile away. And the, the crew decided they were going to go off and do some um, uh, table tipping and stone throwing and um, other things. <laughs> Discovery. Rope throwing and various other things. Yeah. Uh, and they, they said, you know, we need to we need to keep a few people back. And I said, well, I'm happy to stay here. And I guess Richard is too, because he's fast asleep. <laughs> so um, they all set off. I woke Richard up. We grabbed a camera each. So we, it looked like when they got back, we'd look like we'd been doing something. Yeah. Uh, and then we set off to explore Unicorn. Yeah. 
So, and we did, and we were walking well, down this, down the. Well, no, no, what, no what, sorry, the, sorry, sorry, folks. I'm gonna. There's one funny go story on. just just before we get to Richard's story. Now, because, as you all know, Richard's so fond of telling you he's afraid of ghosts. Ghosts, yeah. And I always thought it was just something he says. No, no, no. We're on, we're on board Unicorn, and there's only Richard and I there. Um, and there's, a noise, there's some noises from above. And there's a short ladder uh, set of steps up to the deck above, maybe, what, eight feet? Eight feet of yeah, steps yeah. to the deck above. Yeah. So I said to Richard, you hang on here and video this deck. I'll put my head up. I'll go up the steps and put my head up on the other deck and just make sure we are actually alone and that nobody has been left behind or any of the, the ship's staff are still, in, mm. uh, still on board. So I, I, I went up this, this flight of wooden steps. And as I got to the top, I turned um, and saw a figure right behind me. A figure wearing his dark leather jacket, carrying a camera, and it was Richard. You're not leaving me on that deck down there on my own. <laughs> <laughs> so really right. Well, you know, you know, I was liking uh, so uh, in the woods in Gettysburg. Right? Next deck up. It's true. It's absolutely right. I can't help it, but it's still with me. It's just the same. <laughs> so we're, there we are walking, uh, walking down this deck, aren't we? But I think we were together. Something walked past us, didn't it? Um. If, uh, towards the, towards the end, yes. Uh, but there was a small incident just before it, wasn't there? Um, Go on, remind me. Do you want me to tell it since your memory is obviously... Yeah, you so tell it, because my, my, I, I get confused. <laughs> we, we'd gone off up to the bow end at first, and we could hear the ship creaking, because obviously it, it, it's in water, it's a wooden ship, yeah. and it was rocking quite gently, and it was creaking, and it was, it was quite atmospheric, but I don't think either of us were particularly scared. Um, no, no. And then we set off towards the middle. We were, we were and it, around the outside of the deck. We were on a were replica cannon and one real cannon uh, and some other artifacts and, and exhibits. Uh, as we got toward the middle of the deck, it sounded like um, something ran um, across the deck uh, away towards the bow end, and that certainly got our attention. Um, and if I, if, I, if I had to liken it to something, I'm not saying it was, but I'm likening it to something. It sounded like small feet running across a wooden floor. Um, so we, we both stopped and we, we pointed the cameras and, and, and uh, waited for, for the next thing to happen. And I think the next thing, that there, was, there was a pause of... A few, a few relatively brief seconds, and then the sound again seemed to come almost past us, didn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Very, very close to us. And at that point, the the investigator sort of kicked in, and we realised that we would have to document this. We we probably, in fact, we did capture the event on camera, um, on both cameras, in fact. And oh, yeah. uh, oh, cool. Oh yeah. I don't, it was never broadcast, though. Um, no, captured the events on both cameras. But what we realised we had to do is to make sure that we'd, we'd documented our, our personal experience as best we could. And so um, we pointed the cameras at each other. And on a, on a countdown, we both 
talk to each other's cameras. God only knows what the soundtrack to that would have been like. <laughs> uh, but we both spoke simultaneously to each other's cameras uh, to try and, you know, try and make it uh, some form of documentary or, or uh, commentary on what had just taken place. When everybody else came back, they were absolutely delighted. Somebody's been pushed, somebody's been thrown, somebody's... And they really didn't care what had happened to Richard and I. Uh, <laughs> no, they didn't. We were we, we were we, we were really really pleased with it with with you know our little our little contribution to the program, and some weeks later when when it comes to film the the bits uh, it's that you film your sort of commentary on the on the program some 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 time later, and I remember um, being told uh, right, the next question is about. When the, when the group went to Discovery, they had objects being thrown and tables moved, and we'd like you to comment on that. And I was really determined to get in Richard and uh, my experience on Unicorn. So I said, yes, I, I believe that when the, when the crew went to the Discovery, they had something happen. But while, uh, while they were there, Richard and I, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But they never did broadcast the, the footage from our It wasn't campus. on. It wasn't on. Um, and so, this is, this is the, such a shame. I mean, because it was not, real. Yeah, there was nothing to suggest it was paranormal. It was certainly very unusual and very unexpected. Um, and we both described it the same way or very similar ways. Uh, I think you said the word, it was like children's feet, and I said it was like small yeah, feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, we were able to rule out the sound, the, the noise of seagulls. Um, That's because that was the first thing, wasn't it? And the, you see, that's oh, yeah, what we do, yeah. Ron. You, you tick the normal boxes, and there were loads and loads of seagulls. And we, we thought, is it? Are they, all, are they all running across the top of the deck? Of course not. Well, but, you we know, that actually, was that first thing. Well, it was course not because we'd already uh, captured the sound of that earlier. Yeah. Uh, of, of the birds sort of scrabbling about on the on the deck, you know, sort of on the roof, the wooden roof above us, uh, and this That's was right. this was very very different. Um, and I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm certainly not saying it was paranormal. It was certainly neither am I. It, cer- it was certainly unusual. Uh, well, but and give, explain. That's a good way to put it, right? Yeah, give a remit of the show. Uh, there's no way w- that you know you get the opportunity to revisit, and there's no real way you ever get the opportunity to explain. Although. Uh, you know, many, many times, Kieran, myself, uh, uh, and Richard's been there uh, on, with me on, on those on those few occasions, mm-hmm. and we have actually um, been able to 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 readily explain stuff that, that that's then presented as um, well, paranormal. Not paranormal, but you know, presented yes. in a way that leads the audience to possibly believe it's less. You know, it, it's more paranormal than it actually was. But then that's television. Right. Just you know, entertainment. Some, Richard, someone from the uh, chat room actually said that uh, the one they, they liked the best was when you were in Pengersick Castle with Derek Akora. Oh, God, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Derek mentioned choking, and all of a sudden you started choking, and you had a Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I mean that, that, that's, that's absolutely true and absolutely correct. But I... I, I Put it down to. Uh, <laughs> I, see, I wasn't actually. Well, I was. I was. I don't know. I just think I was um, had a tickle in my throat, and it started. But it did happen coincidentally, as Derek mentioned, choking. And I actually tried to get out of the room because I didn't want to spoil the shoot because I was starting to 
to choke. And, you know, I, I still don't know to this day whether it was anything or not. But, of course, they did make something of it on the show, um, which, of course, happened frequently. And, but I can't say it was paranormal. I only know that it was terribly coincidental that it happened when Derek mentioned choking. Um, but all I was trying to do was get out. <laughs> and I really, you know, as I got down the stairs, I was, I was really choking, you know. Don't know. Interesting one. Again, unexplained, possibly. One of the great joys, though, of, of the show was it, it did allow um, people to see... Uh, some some fabulous locations, uh, oh, yeah, and yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. which which have now become you know uh, in many cases uh, publicly available for investigations. I'm really yeah. really in fact I'm incredibly lucky uh, living in West Wales now. That's probably the closest bit of the British Isles to to you in America. Um, any further west, well, one mile further west, and I'm in the Atlantic. There you go. Um, but. I'm surrounded by. I mean, I know. I know uh, Americans love Steve, history. You're not going to believe this, but we've run out of time. Oh, cool! Yeah, you're going to have yeah. to come back again, mate. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And my yep. brief was to do Welsh hauntings. I know. You were I supposed know, to be talking about Welsh haunting 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 exactly. castles within ten miles of here. This, this was. This is all interesting. I like this stuff. I like the way we went with this. Uh, you never know with me because I don't. I don't follow Good a stuff. schedule. You know that. Good stuff. But anyways, uh, Steve Parsons, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Your website is? www.parascience.org.uk. Okay. And can I just say, because it's Wales, yep. uh, to everybody, no start. Yeah. Oh, hey, I know ah. some Wales. Go on, then. Some Wales. <laughs> cheeky, cheeky Gronk. I don't know that one. Oh, come on. No? <laughs> cheeky Gronk. Cheeky Gronk. Don't you know what a cheeky Sounds Gronk Sounds interesting to me. I, I know actually something else, but I can't say it on the ear. No. Means, means nothing to me. Okay. You, I've, uh, I've only been learning oh, the language for three years. You must have been from northern Mid Wales. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. Fabulous uh, no to talk to you, Steve. <laughs> Anyways, we, we got to wrap it up. Uh, the beats are here, and we want to thank everybody for tuning in. And Steve, thank you so much. Richard, once My again, pleasure. Great job to have you talk back. to you. So, good See everybody in Old Shop tomorrow night. See you guys. Happy haunting. Richard, phone me. Cheers, mate. Yeah, right. I'll phone you, I promise. <laughs> I will, I will. From goalies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that